Today's reading will be in the books of Acts, chapters 20, verses 17 through 27. And I have the pleasure of reading to you in both English and Spanish. So let's start with Acts 20, 17. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish the course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I will I testify to you this, this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. This is the word of our Lord in English. Now let's. Um, Hechos 20, perdón. <laughs> Hechos 20, 17 al 27. Enviado, pues, desde Mileto a Efeso, hizo llamar a los ancianos de la iglesia. Cuando vinieron a él, les dijo, Vosotros sabéis cómo me he comportado entre vosotros todo el tiempo, desde el primer día que entré a Asia, sirviendo al Señor con toda humildad y con muchas lágrimas, y pruebas que me han venido por acechanzas de los judíos. Y como nada que fuese útil, he rehuido de anunciaros y enseñaros públicamente y por las casas, testificando a judíos y a gentiles acerca del arrepentimiento para con Dios y de la fe en nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Ahora, he aquí, ligado yo en espíritu, voy a Jerusalén, sin saber lo que allá me ha de acontecer, salvo que el Espíritu Santo por todas las ciudades me da testimonio Diciendo que me esperan prisiones y tribulaciones. Pero de ninguna cosa hago caso, ni estimo preciosa mi vida para mí mismo, con tal que acabe mi carrera con gozo y el ministerio que recibí del Señor Jesús, para dar testimonio del Evangelio de la gracia de Dios. Y ahora he aquí, yo, yo sé que ninguno de todos vosotros, entre quienes he pasado predicando el reino de Dios, verá mi rostro. Por tanto, yo os protesto en el día de hoy, que estoy limpio de la sangre de todos, porque oh, no he rehuido anunciaros todo el consejo de Dios. Esta es la palabra de nuestro Señor. Amén. Hi, Church. It's a great honor for me and my family to be here. Today, this, this is the second time I had the opportunity to be here. Um, but this time I have my wife, 
Nature, uh, Victoria, my older, and Anna cannot raise uh, uh, the hand because she is sleeping. So, but she got the word in the morning, so she is full, and that's why she is sleeping. So, because we have more time, and uh, beware, I can be more than thirty minutes. That's okay. So, um, don't worry. But I want to share with you. I think um, Pastor Peter and elders uh, think it's a good idea. Me too. Uh, we, we just bring this present for all of you. Um, this is a, it's simple, but it means a lot for us and for the church. So by the way, Gracias uh, Redentora Church is send his greetings to all of you with great love for all of you. Uh, we thanks God for the partnership that we have with, uh, with CSBC. And because we are uh, in the Multiply series, by the way, and we're talking about making disciples and take the gospel to other people for transformation. Um, this partnership represents that. So this, uh, what it says here is uh, thanks CSBC for your partnership. Ephesians 1, 18 to 23. This is our prayer for all of you. This is the name of the church, Iglesia Gracia Redentora. And the way that you can see in a boldness way the cross is because the only reason why we have this partnership is because what Jesus made in the cross. So if Alan, you came here, take it. So you can put in your, in your car, something like that. <laughs> So thanks a lot, church. Um, few things. Uh, one disclaimer, or maybe two. Like you know, my first language is not English, it's Spanish. So if you hear any word that sounds weird or it can sound bad, just please apologize me. Uh, be merci merciful with me. We are in the Lord's house, so grace, by grace, for me. Uh, and secondly, uh, we understand, I share with the church this morning, uh, early, that we definitely understand that God's will to be here with all of you. Um, we travel on Friday here, and we have a layover on Charlotte, North Carolina. And from San Juan, our airport, in Puerto Rico to Charlotte. That fly was a beautiful fly, uh, sunny day, uh, a lot of clouds. Uh, the sun shined like, like never before. And Anna was on my side in the airplane and she began to share with me, hey daddy, uh, this is beautiful and I think we are near to Jesus here and say, whoa, that's beautiful. And like any other preacher, um, I say, wow, this is a good illustration to share at some point in a future sermon with the church. So I began to, uh, to think and meditate on that. Uh, but on the fly from uh, Charlotte to Roanoke, it was not so uh, shiny day and beautiful day. It wasn't dark of night, 
and a strange noise came up from the engine and the uh, emergency door in the airplane. And uh, we were scary a lot. Um, and the crew member began to walk uh, very fast, um, making calls. And I began to, to, to give, uh, to think, uh, oh, Anna have, uh, Anna's right. Maybe we're gonna see Jesus today. <laughs> so, so, but, but not yet. <laughs> we are in the here and not yet. You know that term? Uh, we are in the now, but not yet. So, um, we are looking forward to that, but I pray to Jesus, not now, Jesus, not this way. So that's why we understand this is God's will to be here with all of you. And thanks for welcoming, uh, welcoming all of us with so much love. Uh, we really appreciate that. Our girls really appreciate that, and my wife too. So, uh, But uh, I, I came here to preach, and let's see how I can preach with my broken, sinful English in my life. So, uh, the theme for, for these sermons from Acts 20, like Jocelyn uh, just read some minutes ago, is uh, the true motive, motive in the Christian life. I say, well, motive, motive. In Spanish, motive. Yeah, in my Spanish. And um, I know that Paul is talking and he shared this word with the uh, efficient elders. But before giving you a little more context of what's happening here in Acts 20, um, I want you to just give some thought and thinking to this question. Have you ever asked yourself, what are the motive to live a Christian life? What is the, the reason why you're pursuing a Christian life? Just ask that to yourself. When, when we read this word from Paul, there's only one reason, one only purpose. It was just serving the Lord. And giving more context about this, Paul decided to call elders, the elders from uh, the Ephesian elders, to share some, some words with them. He understands that he doesn't have the time to make a, a stop. So remember that he is heading to Jerusalem. And he doesn't have enough time to make a stop in efficient Ephesus. And he called the elders. He understands, oh, I have to share some words with them. And he called them and began to address some words um, full of love, care, like a, like a man that really loved the church in Ephesus. You, you can read prior um, texts and chapter, like, like the one that he was preaching to Eutychus? Eutychus. And you know what's happened there. He fell from the third floor and he's just died. So please don't fall asleep here. Like Spurgeon said, there's no apostle here to restore you after that. 
So he, he was preaching, and he loved this church. We can see in, in many missionary travels, he loved trips. He loved this church. So he began to share with the elders these kind of words. And I, need, I know that the, the, the context is the address that he has to the elders. But, but, it's important to know that there are many, many implications to all of us, no matter if you are an elder. Because all of us have a ministry to accomplish. In Christ, we have ministry to accomplish. So that's why, that's the way that I, why I want to invite you to approach this passage, to see the implications that represent Paul's words, not only for the elders, but also for the followers and disciples of this century. And why Paul shared these words with the Ephesus elders? Why? I, I want to just go there and just ask why he's sharing these words. Why is it so important for him to say, uh, to appeal to the past, to, to, to go to the testimony that he, have, he had in the Ephesus church? And he began to say, and make reference to the way he treated them, also uh, the way he served the Lord with um, humility, that, that represents for him tears and persecution also. How, the, how he did not train from declaring the word of God in any moment, how he taught publicly and privately the word from house to house from house to house. That's the kind of commitment that he have with this church. And also, he makes reference to the elders that he testify repentance and faith. And that's, that's if we can um, just um, describe or make an overview of the Christian life, is that repentance, faith, repentance, faith. And when you see the words of Paul and the, the way he was sharing this with the, with the elders of Ephesus, you, 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 you need to ask, how is it possible that a man that agree with the death of Stephen in chapter 8 of Acts, how is it possible that he's talking the way he's talking? How is it possible that He's talking that way with so much grace, with so much care, when at some point he was persecuting the church. He is the same man that was in front of Stephen, and he agreed with all the Jews about his death. But right now we see a man that he is talking in another way, we see a man that has been transformed. So Paul's life is a transformation testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when Paul is sharing this world with elders in Ephesus, let me take you to a short trip 
to the entire Acts book. What Paul sees before. At first, after that uh, moment with that Stephen, we know that in Acts 9, Jesus met Paul. As his name before that was uh, Saul. Saul is the name? Saul? That was the name. Saul. Saul. But after that, after meet, after Saul meets Jesus, he began to preach about Jesus. Something happened so profound in his life that changed him completely. It's not only that he, he, he was blind. Something deep on him transformed his heart. And he began to preach about Jesus. From that moment on, we, we, we can see, he see, he saw. Sorry for the birth, see, saw, present, past, you know. The church multiplied and grew. In Acts 9, we see that. Paul spent a year, entire year, in Antiochia. Antioch, 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 yeah, good, thanks, Jocelyn. So, he spent one year in Antioch and saw the power of the work transforming people and disciples. One year of his life. He preached the word of the Lord. We see in the Acts 13, verse 49, that he preached, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. Also in Acts 16, we see a Paul, a Paul that was with Silas in prison, and he was able to sing along with Silas in prison while, in, while an earthquake shook the place and the word of God continued growing. So Paul has a task. Paul has a commission. Paul has a mission. And from Acts 18, we see that he knew what God had called him to do. He knew perfectly. So in Acts in 19, we see that Paul was in Ephesus and the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So, Paul, wh wh what are you saying? What, what, what's the point that you want to get on? What we are seeing is a man that has a personal encounter with Jesus, but at the same time, he sees. In the first line, in a VIP, VIP position, how the gospel was transforming life into disciples. This is the kind of man and the kind of testimony that makes so much sense the way he's talking to the elders of Ephesus. From that, Paul's goals ministry was just finishing the career and finishing 
the ministry. That was his, his goal. Why? Because Paul has seen the power of the word working through the people. Secondly, that's, why this, that's the reason why he was heading to Jerusalem, led by the Holy Spirit. He was not stealing his life or any value of his life. He, he, was, uh, he wanted to continue bearing witness to the gospel. He wanted to make him notes known the purpose of God. That's why Paul is sharing all this work with the elders. He loved the church. He had a personal, a deep transformation with the gospel. And he see that face to face, people coming to Christ and changing. So right now, he wants to share some words with these elders to be sure that they will continue the ministry of the gospel of grace in Ephesus. I think and I believe that those words are also our call to be faithful in the ministry that God gave to each one of us. So that's why I want you, I want you to I want you to invi invite you to just ask this question. What is that that must be true in each follower of Christ? Um, uh, what are those things in my life, like, I've, like a follower of Christ, that must be true of me, that I must pursue, that I must ensure in my life, so there are three implications that I want to share with, with all of you. The first one, the first implication we, we, we see from Paul is always live for him. Always live for him. The question for you is for, for who, do you, who do we live for? Who we do live for. Because Jesus is not a person that you add to your life. Jesus is not an addition to you, our, like we say in Spanish, resume. Jesus doesn't come to your life and just to add the standards or, or that feeling in your life that you are improving your quality of life. No. When Jesus arrives to our lives, a transaction occurred on us. We went from death to life. And this, brother and sister, is about ownership. He owns us completely. C.S. Lewis has a great illustration about that in Mary Christianity when he makes a reference about how our lives are like a, like a tree. And when Jesus came, he doesn't want us to trimmer, that's the word, trimmer some 
branch here, another branch there. No, 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 no. C.S. Lewis says, he won all the tree down. So that when we, we came to Jesus, all of ourselves, all came from that life. It's about that now he is my Lord and I am his servant. And the the third disclaimer is don't worry if you see me like screaming. I'm not not, uh, 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 angry or something like that. Just passionate about preaching the gospel. I love you people. Remember that when you see me screaming. I'm Puerto Rican. I scream a lot. Those of you who have been in Puerto Rico, you know, what's doing this guy there? He's screaming a lot. It's about that now he is my Lord and I am his servant. He owes me. That's why you have to ask yourself, who do we live for? For who are you living for? Paul's just remind to the elders. He says, you yourself know how I live among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all the humility and with tears. So always live for him. There is no exception. There is no covid Slash pandemic exception to live for him. Secondly, just finish what was assigned to you no matter what. We, we know that each one of us have a call to glorify God in everything. But also, we, we have those particular tasks and assignments in our life. What are you saying, Pastor? Well, what I'm saying is that God wants to use you in your job, in your community, in your home, with your kids, your husband, your wife, your friends. There are people that only you can reach in your context. And my brother and sister, that's a call of God to you particularly in that. Why? What you are in Christ is not because you, saw, you did something. This is, this is 100% like Peter, Pastor Peter said. Divine initiative. What you are in Christ today is all because it is divine initiative in yourself. That's why each one of us have a task in God's plans. And my brother and sister, we add frustration to our life and a lack of sense of purpose when we struggle with this. When we resist this, when we struggle this, when we battle with this, brother and sister, we add frustration 
and it lacks a sense of purpose in our life. That's why your job is not your goal. Your job is just the mean. It's just, it's just uh, the platform of God in your life. That's why our goal is not to look to God for, for His endorsement, for what we want in our life. And that doesn't mean that God did not answer His children's prayers, for sure. But He always answered our prayers that are aligned with His perfect will. But let me... Let me let me share with you the purpose of this life, Christian life, and the goal in your life. It's not just asking God for His endorsement, but for our internal desires and our plans. No, 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 no. This is not something about us. It was, uh, it's something about Him. We do not own God. He owns us. That's why we need to add to ourselves, what are those eternal, uh, those, those things of eternal value that we are pursuing, that I am pursuing? In that way, you, you, you can keep resting. What is the God's giving assignment to your life? And if you didn't know, hey, um, I don't know what this crazy pastor from Puerto Rico is explaining about the assignment task for my particular life. You can come from to you elders and ask, hey, how we can identify what is the task of God in my life? What is the, those particular assignments in my life, community, my home, my job? Can you help me? For sure, they're going to help you. But you have to begin to ask you, your, yourself, what are those things that have eternal value and I'm pursuing in my life? Particularly, young people struggle a lot with purpose, looking what I'm going to do, what I'm going to study, what I'm going to do my, my profession. So this is a great moment to ask God, God, Show me by your word and the Holy Spirit if I'm not following the eternal things in my life. A couple of weeks ago, I, I have a counseling session with a young couple at Gracia Rentora Church because uh, we saw how how difficult it has been for, for all of people in this COVID season, and particularly for many families with kids, um, uh, little kids, struggling with uh, online classes, um, job schedule change, everything changed. So right now all of you are with a, with a face mask, half face, I don't know if you are smiling or you are just uh, taking your tongue, oh, this crazy pastor, uh, get out from here. <laughs> Everything changed. And I have this young couple in front of me, 
and they were chatting with me, they shared with me how they are making change in the home schedule with the kids, with the school, uh, with their jobs, schedule, everything. But at some point I have to ask them, hey guys, what both of you are doing, do you consider the eternity in the light of the plants that you guys are pursuing? And it was, um, it was a sad moment for them because they said, no pastor, we didn't consider that in this moment. And we pray for them and we help them and we continue helping them. But there are moments of life that we have to ask those questions for more difficult that they can sound to us. Because knowing that we have been assigned to a task should bring motivation to our stewardship. And that includes our daily schedule, weekly schedule, through the pandemic, COVID, pre-COVID, after COVID. This, is, this must be a motivation in our Christian life to pursue, to long for. That's why I think in our prayers and meditation of this, Psalms 90, 12, add so much value to this when this when it says so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom so if you struggle with your task and and just understanding what is that assignment from god to your life and how you can fulfill Giving God's glory, I think this, is, this must be in your prayer. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. So not only we live for Him, not only we, we look forward to finish the assignment and the task, no matter what, but the third implication is that we always are focusing on the mission. Our mission, like Christian, must be to fulfill his mission. The problem that we usually we have is that we want to came to, to the gospel and to Jesus with our own mission. And the call is to fulfill his mission. That's why I rejoice when I read CSBC mission statement. When it says, we are a people changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ who seek to please God in all of life and promote the gospel among all people. I believe this is a driven mission statement. This is a driven gospel mission statement. Because we people, brothers and sisters, we must be driven 
by the mission. And because the mission doesn't do not change, the mission doesn't change because you guys are in Cape Spring and we are in Puerto Rico. The mission is the same. That's why we praise the Lord and we gave, give thanks to Him when CSBC came next to, uh, to us, along us, and began to ask how we can help you to continue making disciples in the gospel. And that's because you, CSBC, you have believed that what the gospel is doing among us and through us. And like a like I shared in the first service uh, with the church, many of you I have I recognize recognize some familiar faces that from people that came to Puerto Rico. Many of you have invested in our building a lot of time, effort, money, resources. And I, I just did not remember, just Pastor John remind me that this past January, we have a group from, from the church. I, I thought it was like a two years ago <laughs> because of COVID. <laughs> so many of you have been working in the building, but because the good news of the gospel, because we continue with the mission in Puerto Rico like you guys are doing here in, in Roanoke, this week, our building walls will be knocked down to expand the auditorium because we continue preaching the gospel. The church planting has its challenges, but it doesn't surprise us because the book of Acts shows us that when we are preaching the gospel, we can see persecution, we can see struggle, we can see that there are many obstacles in the process. But always we, the, we see this tendency, tendency, tendency. The Word of God continue growing, continue growing in every moment. So this, uh, so many past week ago, I shared with the, with the elders from Gracia Redentora how he was struggling at some point with like a pastor with the faith about what God is doing among us. We have been challenged because the pandemic season on concerning the follow-up of people trying to just follow, follow up them, taking care, calling them, trying to reach them. <laughs> um, has been a tough season for everybody. But for us, like pastor, knowing that we cannot be so, uh, so near to, to, the, to, the, to our members, it's, 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 it's tough. It hurts us. And I have this conversation with the elders, and I ask them, hey, um, pastor, I need your prayer for me. I'm, I'm struggling. I, I don't see right now. God's work here. I want to, to have, to keep my faith in the gospel that that would be enough for the transformation of people. 
So I am struggling a lot. I want to approach every council, every preaching, every time a disciple, other man. I want to approach that in the faith on the gospel. So please help me to pray for that. There has been tough weeks for us in that way. But I forgot that God continues working always. I forgot that God always continues working, transforming hearts, no matter what I'm unseen in front of me. Until one day, these past two, three weeks, this new coming man just asked ask me for, for some meeting time. Um, this coming from a difficult background and not so, so healthy church background. And he began to talk with me and he opened his life entirely at the point that he said, I'm broke, pastor. I don't have nothing. I lost everything. I am empty. I don't know what to do with my life. But then, pastor, I began to hear the word of God in this place. And something in myself began to have life. I'm having life. It's giving me life. The word of God is giving me, giving me life. And these brothers and sisters, this is the ministry that God not always entrusted to the elders of this church. This is a ministry that he entrusts to every believer. All of you. And when we share the word of God, people that are dying can express, now I have life. That's why church planting is not just about any strategy. Evangelism is not a strategy. Discipleship and disciple others is not about strategy. Looking for people in your family, in your community, in your neighborhood that doesn't believe in the gospel and sharing with them the word of God is not about strategy. It's about it was, it's about it's all about responding to the Christian faith. We do that because we respond to the faith that came to us. And this is what Paul was sharing with the elders of Ephesus. This faith came to me. I have encountered with Jesus. I have seen so many life change. I'm seeing, I have seen people coming from death to life. I have seen people has been transformed by the gospel. So response to this faith, dear elders. That's what Paul is saying. And what, that's one of the implications for us. How we are responding in faith to the mission of God. This is about reproducing 
making disciples. It's about seeing life transform, and every believer should be passionate about it. Passionate about the desire to see the mission becomes a reality. There is no other thing more beautiful than just dream, pray, and see before a change happening to the person. Be passionate about that and seeing the process how God's word in his spirit begin to work to the people. We shall be passionate about that. We shall be passionate about people coming from death to life. We are living in times that people are scared. Scared? Yeah. Of dying. Yeah. This COVID season, nobody wants to get COVID. Why do they want to get COVID? Because there is a sense of death. There is a sense of... Uh, that's going to be over. I, I, I don't want to minimize the COVID. But what I'm saying is that we are helping others to get in the face mask, hand sanitizer. We are helping others to, to be careful. But how much worry we are about those things in their eternal life. How, how much we worry with the people not only to take care from the COVID, but at the same time, they can have a face mask. They, ha they can be healthy, but they can be dying right now. And it's not because of the COVID. Brother and sister, we live for this. The verse... 24, and I'm just finishing because right now we are in the in the Puerto Rican time. <laughs> I just entered this building like a Cave Spring member. I'm gonna get out like a Gracias Rentura Church member. <laughs> <laughs> in the verse, in the verse 24, Paul says, "But I do not account my life for any value." nor as precious to myself, if I only may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul is not saying there that the life is worthless, but he is saying that the life of Jesus is more important than his life. That's why we must consider our lives. What is the value the steam that we are giving to our own lives in the life of the gospel and the ministry that God has trusted to us. This is not the first time. that Paul is not saying this because he became emotional with the elders. No. This is not because of occasion that he's talking with the elders. 
He is expressing this because, because this is a deep conviction in his life. The next time he expressed something like this, he was in prison. And you can get that from Philippians 3, 8, when he says, Indeed, I, I, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing G Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the love of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So let me finish with this short illustration that I was I read just many days ago about this American missionary engineer in Indonesia who have this expert knowledge on the country's oil deposits and this company named Standard Oil hear about him and cable him an offer he began with twenty thousand dollars he declined. They continued with $30,000 per year. He declined again. And then, then came a third offer of $40,000 a year. This is in 1973. This offer, the third offer, with a, together with a request to say if the offer still wasn't big enough, he can just ask for more so his response was I quote you don't understand the money is fine but the job is not big enough I think this illustration described perfectly the way we must think about what God entrusted to us in ministry and this doesn't mean that God depends on us. No matter what, his mission will remain always the same, with you out of you. But the question is about who you belong to. Is this mission the biggest enough for your life? Are you living for him? Are you pursuing the assignment he gave to you? Are you focusing in the mission, sharing the word of life and testifying repentance and faith? These, dear brothers and sisters, are the true motive in the Christian life. Let's pursue them. Let's glorify God with them, always living for him finishing the assignment he gave to us and always focusing in the mission. That's why we are in this series of multiplying. Let's pray all together. Señor Eterno, nosotros te adoramos en esta hora y te damos gracias por tu palabra. Gracias primeramente por el Evangelio de Gracia que ha llegado a nosotros. Por la transformación que ha ocurrido en nosotros. 
y hoy somos recordados esas palabras que Pablo decía en segunda de Corintios 5 que somos nueva criatura que lo viejo ha quedado atrás y ahora todas las cosas son hechas nuevas por eso también él podía expresar que el amor de Cristo nos apremia por eso en esta hora nos acercamos delante de tu palabra rogándote de que nos ayudes a completar la misión recordando siempre que esto consiste vivir para ti siempre cumplir hasta el final la, la tarea que nos has otorgado y siempre enfocados en tu misión por eso confrontanos hoy con tu Espíritu Santo y tu palabra para nosotros perseguir los verdaderos motivos de una vida cristiana. A ti te exaltamos, Jesús. Y solo a ti te damos toda gloria. En tu nombre santo. Amén. Thanks, church.